of this past year, I uh, quit my job and decided that I was going to take an adult gap year. People are like, what's that? And I'm like, I'm only doing things that make me happy. <laughs> That's basically what I'm, I'm going to be doing. And I will be traveling. I will be learning new things, but, but also just in, in daily decisions, right? If, if I don't, if I don't like something, you know, I'm not going to do it. But thank you for coming back. I really appreciate it. I'm really glad we get to catch up. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, I listened to our previous episode a couple of days ago before this, just to kind of remind myself where we were at. Oh, cool. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that, like, the first thing we talked about was, you know, bucket list stuff, of course, but how neither of us had remembered um, having a bucket list before the movie came out. And I discovered over the past year why that is. Why and is that? Because uh, the bucket list is actually a Mandela effect. So I don't what? know if you know it. I don't know. Do you, I don't know if your listeners know what that is or not? But I do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a individual collective um, misunderstanding or or false mm-hmm. false understanding of history that you yeah. know there's just i don't know how this happened but there's a group of people out there that think mandela died in prison yeah. <laughs> in the in the 90s and he actually you know lived and you know into the 2000s and got out of prison and became president of south africa so it boggles my mind that there's a group of people out there that that think that it's you know anything different yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just a little nutty but I found out over the course of this past year that the bucket list is that same thing, that there is no mention of the term bucket list in the English lexicon before 2007 when that movie came out. So, I mean, is that really a Mandela effect, though, or did that movie just invent it then? Well, the the, the phrase kick the bucket was definitely around. Yeah, that was. But uh, there are several things that I think became a part of my bucket list that I know I would like things. Oh, I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully at some point, especially before I die, but I don't think it was necessarily the context of, I have a list of those things. Yeah. I, what year did that movie come out? 2007. 2007. I'm so bad at math. So I can't think of how old I was. Cause I remember being very young and maybe not necessarily mm-hmm. making like a physical list, but I remember being very young saying, oh, I need to do this and I want to do this sure. or whatever. So, I mean, maybe we just didn't call it that then. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I think, but the, we didn't call it anything. Yeah. It was you just know, like I think that's part things of it, we want right? to do. Yeah. Yeah. Things that we'd like to do eventually at some point and hopefully before we die. But we never called it a bucket list. Yeah. And the, that in my journey over the past year since we talked, that's been a real interesting thing that Younger people, millennials, Gen Z, they have it as more of a lifestyle Mm, than older generations. That when I talk to people or interview people, people that are Gen Xers or you know boomers, you know, ask what's next in your bucket list, and like "Ah, I don't really have one. But most of the Gen Z millennials that I speak with and talk to, and that actually that I interact with like on Instagram and other places, they're Mm -hmm. the people I'm interacting with. They're the ones that see it as 
a potential lifestyle because yeah. my generation and above, you didn't start thinking about that stuff uh, until you're much older because mm -hmm. you worked, you know, you oh, work, yeah, exactly. you work, you work. And until you can't work anymore, don't want to work anymore or can afford not to work anymore. And then you start thinking about those things. Whereas Gen Z and millennials are like, you know, I don't have to wait. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can go do this now. And they're the ones that are actually making a lifestyle out of the bucket list um, than just this esoteric thing. And I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that, you know, it's a, it's a story device, it's a plot device in a movie, mm. right? Yeah. It's not, it, it's, it's, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a plot device in the movie. <laughs> and so we associate, I think, a lot of things with it rightly or wrongly. You know, the two main characters are old and they're dying and yeah. they're, you know, so so I think it has some stigmas around it that. But then, like you said, too, how when that movie came out, that's like around the time this generation's being born. So at that time, yeah, that was still the mindset of you're going to work to your quote unquote retirement, whenever that may mm -hmm. be for some people. And that's when you can have your freedom. That's when you right. can try to do these things that you want to do. And that's just not the belief system anymore. As not, it, not, and it shouldn't be right no exactly especially not for gen gen z's and millennials for sure mm -hmm. yeah so it was november of 2021 that we last did your episode so actually wow this year's going by really fast so it's not quite a year but right almost there and i still feel like a lot has happened for you in this amount of time <laughs> yeah a ton yeah. Uh, definitely a ton yeah what do you think you would say is the biggest change or maybe biggest thing that's happened uh i think the biggest thing that's happened over this past year is really looking at this bucket list lifestyle i think it's one of the things i said in the interview was like you know we'll want to figure out a way to help people i want to help people have this lifestyle yes. and so i i you know it's hard not to uh do 30 plus uh, interviews on podcasts about this and not you know, work through that yeah. <laughs> over a period of time. I think I've done yours was probably one of the first that I did specifically. It was very about early on, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, But since I have done almost 30 or somewhere, I don't even, I can't even count anymore, but, but it's, uh, it's definitely talking it through so much. Mm -hmm. It's, I have come up with kind of like a system at some level, you know, to say this is, you know, if you're going to engage in this lifestyle, this is maybe some of the things that you want to think about while you're doing it. So yeah. I'm, I'm in the throes of uh, trying to complete my first book that is entitled um, Live Out Your List, a bucket list lifestyle guide. And I am hopefully going to get it done in the next two weeks uh, and get it out there for folks. So it, it's been a trial and error personally mm -hmm. to kind of figure that out. It's been a lot of listening, um, definitely to the guests on my show. Yeah. And finding some commonalities between what people look at a bucket list and how they've gone about processing and making and and executing their bucket list. I, and I think it was unintentional. It wasn't like, you know, even though I said that in that interview, it's like I, I wasn't taking notes 
the whole time. And yeah. it's like, oh, that, that. <laughs> it just came to a point this you know, middle of the summer. It's like, okay, I was, I was working on another book that I'm trying to write. And I was like, I just got to get this one out. It's, there's just enough here that I just need to get this this done and, yeah. and so i stopped the other one and and started trying to get this one done and I'm, i don't know i think i'm like thirty-five thousand words in i've got about another five thousand i think left in me and i'll be able to put it out there so that's so cool i love that title too yeah it makes sense that you'd want to finish this one first when this is like the information so present in your mm-hmm. mind right now and i <laughs> i like that you brought that up specifically because i was going to bring that up too that you specifically mentioned you wanted to help people with their lists the last time we talked. And so, I mean, the book, that's really exciting and something new that uh, I didn't know you were working on. But then you're also doing your coaching, too. Yeah, and it's it's all based on the same, you know, same principles, right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to hopefully here have some um, online courses that, mm. that are similar to, to what's in the book. You know, and so for me, there's three things that you kind of have to look at when you're looking at, you know, creating this bucket list lifestyle. And the first one is, is, you know, the mindset. Like, Mm -hmm. what is your bucket list mindset? And a lot of that has to do with setting intention. Yeah. What are you setting your intention for your list? What's the purpose? Why are you doing this? Um, We talked about that a little bit when you and I, you know, first interviewed each other and what's the, what's the intention of your travel and what's, you know, setting an intention to make sure you're, you're focused and all those kind of things. There, there are lots of benefits to that, um, figuring out what your intention is. And the, the biggest benefit of setting your intention is it can help guide you as you create your list. Yeah. It, I remember actually, I don't know if I did tell you, I might not have, but after we spoke, I actually, cause I've, I've always like doodled down bucket lists in places, but it's always like I'll have half of it in a notebook over here. I'll have some things in a notebook <laughs> here and add like some things in a list on my phone. And so I finally sat down and looked at all of them to see, well, what's consistent? First of all, like what have I consistently had on my mind that I know I want to do? What things have I kind of maybe grown out of? But mm. then that thing about intention came to mind and I looked at some of these things and I was like, do I really want to do or see these things or is it just because I think I should? Is it just because of these things? It's like, oh, well, you have to see the Eiffel Tower before you die or you have to, you know, do whatever X, Y, and Z is that everyone thinks they should do. And I really, really looked at him and thought about it and definitely took some things off and and I added a lot more little things like we talked about too, like things that don't have to be like, these grand gestures, just things that mean something to me that I want to do. Yeah. And that's one of my big things in the book is that this is a, this is a living document. Mm -hmm. So many times in our culture, like when I was in the workforce, you know, if you put something in writing, you put it in an email, you, you know, even a voicemail or something, people like freak out that like, that is like gospel. Right. And then yeah. you put, okay, well, you said this. Yeah. It's, like, it's yeah, written. It's there. I, I, I said it was, you know, I said it was uh, an idea or a first thought or, you, mm-hmm. you know, and I think so many times in, in our, especially our business culture, it's like, if it's written down, it's done. Yeah. You can't change it. You can't, you know, there's a, some weird mentality out there that 
you know, there are no living documents. And so I, I think that that's a huge one. And then I've experienced that as well of things that I'm like, Oh, that'd be really cool. And I put it on my list. And then, you know, then when, you know, like the 88 temples thing, it was like, um, I had a guest on the show who had mentioned the 88 temples as something she wanted to do the, the pilgrimage uh, around Shikoku, the island of Japanese island of Shikoku. Mm. And, um, I was like, oh, that sounds pretty decent. You walk around the island, and, you know, and the outside of, you know, on the beach and you, you know, go to these 88 temples. It's a little bit longer than the Camino de Santiago. It mm, takes okay. about twice as long. Um, but I'm sitting here thinking it's sea level, man. That's got to be super easy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, after doing some research, I was like, oh, wait, this is like. 400 more meters of elevation gain than the Camino. Yes, it's spread over a little bit longer distance, so it's not quite as bad. But at the same time, it's still hilly. Yeah, it's still it's not it's still a, a walk along the beach. <laughs> yeah, it's not a walk along the beach. And I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm just not, <laughs> just you know. Yeah, there's maybe, some things you just maybe, don't like. Maybe yeah. they're not worth it to you. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really awesome. I think I would get something out of it. Um, maybe I'll do it and I'll just do it in a car and not tell anybody <laughs> that I'm doing it, you know, yeah. and being able to experience it at some level. And so people don't like, so the purists don't freak out. Um, you know, and quite honestly, uh, Burning Man's kind of become something like that for me mm. that, that as I've experienced, well, specifically, I'll just tell the story. It's in the <laughs> book, but I'll tell the story. Um, you know, for, for my show, uh, the crossing it off podcast. I, you know, sometimes people come to me as guests. Sometimes, uh, you know, I reach out to people mm -hmm. and sometimes I have specific things I want, you know, to have on the show. So I find and try to pinpoint people online through social media okay. and stuff to, to get them to be a guest on the show. So I wanted to have a burner. I wanted to have somebody that had been the burning man on the show. So I will, um, made the mistake or not i went to reddit <laughs> and i went to the sub which i Rabbit never hole. really did yeah well yes and just the type of people that use i don't want to stereotype but yeah. the type of people that use reddit are, tend to be fanatical i think that's okay to say it's not it's not horribly bad yeah word, i don't think it, that's a bad thing but it, yeah but but they're definitely uh in the Burning Man subreddit are, you know, I, I didn't get totally, you know, flamed, but there's definitely a lot of people are like, well, you know, no real true person that understands the meaning of Burning Man would put it on a bucket list because that's just consumeristic <laughs> and that's just taking and, you know, it's just like, whoa, okay, I, I get you want to be a gatekeeper for your thing, yeah. but like, you know, there's a difference between gatekeeping and like <laughs> keeping everybody away. Yeah. And so I'm sure there are wonderful people that do the, do burns and, and wonderful people that go to Burning Man and aren't that dogmatic, I think. Um, but it was just like, wow, this really makes me think, do I want to go and spend time with people like this? Yeah, it I, could I, be too much because I definitely I mean, I've met a couple people that have gone and like some people. Well, so first of all, no one I've met has been that into it with that type of mindset that's like <laughs> would say it like that but they've definitely told me about the people like that that are there mm -hmm. and then I've known some people that went just to try it and were just like a little bit lost and a little confused mm -hmm. just kind of like not really understanding what was going on and not knowing what to do so I mean yeah I'm sure there's definitely people that go that are not of that mindset but kind right. of getting that idea being like 
is this something I need to do? <laughs> well, there's a whole thread inside my thread about how you shouldn't go to to Black Rock City as your first burn. That you should do a regional before you go. You know, yeah, like, like all these I, rules. That's not what I, <laughs> I was like, I, you know, they're not even rules. They're just like stuff that people make up mm, and yeah. suggest. And it's just like they want rules. And I'm like, is that is that just the opposite of what you're well, also true. trying to you're do? You're kind of contradicting yeah. exactly what you're <laughs> yeah. saying. Yeah. Is, is radical inclusion not one of your tenets? I'm trying to, to remember. I, you know, I don't follow them very strongly. But I think radical inclusion is one of your tenets that, so uh, that you're supposed to have. So, so it's, you know. Uh, you know, I went on the Camino de Santiago and I met some people that were that dogmatic and, yeah. and that fanatical about the Camino, right? Um, one guy, I think he said he'd done it like four times a year for the last five, six years or yeah, something like that. You know, like he's super, super into it and he was pretty judgy, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, to me and 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 other people it's like look at those tourists yeah you know? and it's just like you know but I, but for the most part that was really rare mm -hmm. and, and so i wouldn't um and, and he was definitely an outlier okay well that's where good. <laughs> yeah where where this just seems i mean i did have some people on reddit that were you know, upvoted what I wrote. And I just said, you know, hey, I'm looking for anybody, that, you know, someone that's had, you know, going to Burning Man on the bucket list to be a guest on my mm -hmm. show. And it was just like, you know, it's just like this can of worms. Yeah. that just like opened. I'm just like, what is this? I don't even know what to say. I can imagine. That is so funny. Like things like that. Yeah, I love how, because I've been listening more, how different all the topics have been on each episode. Like things that I obviously never would think of and just like hearing that perspective and that story like two that stick out to me the most there mm. was one um with a woman who wanted to restore the native grass in australia mm -hmm. that was really mm -hmm. cool also because like i don't know i like personally i'm just really interested in like restoration and nature and things like that and to have something like that on your bucket list i'm like ooh do I have anything that does any good on my list? You know, like little reflections like that. And then there was the man who wanted to reconnect with his daughter. I'm like, that was kind of emotional. Mm. Like these things are so diverse and it is really cool to see like where people are putting their energy towards. Yeah. It's one of the things that I kind of decided early on that, that I, I'm, I can't judge your list. Yeah. And I can't remember if we talked about this last time or mm -hmm. not, but it, but I can't, I can't judge what somebody else has on their mm -hmm. list. And so in, in this process of getting guests, like I said, sometimes people just come to me. I had an NFL player reach out to me uh, and we'll be in an upcoming oh, episode cool. playing in the NFL. You know, and it, he's got some stuff to self-promote, but he's like, he's like, no, I get it. I, you know, I, I had this on my list of things to do and we get it. So I get to talk about that. Right. And then that's, that's totally cool. But there are some things. Like, like I have uh, a professional mermaid that I follow oh, on, that's on cool. Instagram. I've seen that, yeah. And I, yeah, and I constantly am like, Ella, when are we going to do this? When are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, I have, a cos I have a cosplayer coming up that, that cosplays, you know, on uh, at conventions. Mm -hmm. um, but she, like, goes above and beyond. 
uh, like she has a whole character, a whole Star Wars character that she does. Oh, I love Star Wars. Where, 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 well, she, oh my gosh, you have to see her. It's Dolores, it's her character. And Dolores is HR on the Death Star. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so she goes around and gives out citations to other cosplayers That's at so conventions. Funny. Oh my gosh, so hysterical. It makes me laugh every time I see her stuff. But she definitely is like taking it to that next level. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm trying to not, uh, and specifically the story about her is that in our email exchanges, right? Um, she's like, I don't know if this is, you know, if I'm a good fit for mm-hmm. you or whatever. And I'm like, are you passionate about what you yeah. do? Did you, you cross off a list and are you passionate about it? Because that's all that matters. Because really what I'm finding is, and I'm glad about it, is that a lot of people listen to the show, not necessarily for that specific item mm-hmm. like 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 you are yet to have children so yeah you know listening to you know someone talk about having a strange child is probably not you know the i wouldn't say most beneficial use of your time but it's not it's not, it's not something not dir- i can relate to yeah, yeah directly directly but the process that he went through in having that relationship maybe it's not a child for you but maybe it's somebody else mm, yeah right maybe it's Maybe it's somebody you were a massive jerk to. Maybe, I don't know. But the process, I think, is what is really important for people to hear out of each episode. Uh, And so I'm excited that that people are getting that, that it's not just, oh, I'm not going to listen to that episode because it doesn't apply Mm -hmm. to me. You know, uh, being, um, you know, not having an arm and not having a leg and, and walking the the runway in during fashion week isn't going to hit uh, a lot of people right but listening to Jess talk about her experience and what she went through to get that done and how that was a dream of hers and and why it was and what she had to overcome to make that happen is really what I, I want folks to get out of the show it's like it's kind of that um what I would call when I was a teacher my hidden curriculum Right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the thing you don't see, right? But but you hope your your students get. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that I've hearing more people when they talk about the show um, mention that like you did. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, I think that is exactly what it is. It's like it's not specific details of what the person is doing, but more so like how they came to want to do it or like the mindset they had accomplishing it. More so like those things are what people come for. And that's funny because I feel like we kind of have the same response because I've definitely had people be like, I don't think I'm that interesting. I don't know if you want me to be on your show. (laughs) And I'm like, it's just the conversation. Do you love what you do? Let's talk about it. And like, that's really it. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. And I think, yeah, that's another thing your show is showing is like it, it doesn't have to be over the top. It can be whatever it is you wanted to do and you did it. Yeah, as long as, like I said, as long as you're, I tell folks, as long as you're passionate about it and, you know, um, it was on a list of something you wanted to do, bring it on. I think that, you know, we can have a good enough conversation to to share your story in such a way that, you know, people will be into it. Mm -hmm. And something that you hadn't crossed off yet last time we talked, but you have now. You got your knuckle tattoos done. (laughs) (laughs) That was your number one thing last time we spoke. Yeah, I think it was just timing wise number one. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was it was something I knew I wanted to do. I I knew it was next. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
and I did, and I actually did it twice. Oh, really? <laughs> so yes. So um, so yeah. So I I'll show you because you're gonna use video. Yeah. You said <laughs> so. It's do no harm. Mm -hmm. So that's, I like it. That's cool. I, I say that's eighty percent Namaste, and then this is. 20%. Oh, that's the other part. <laughs> So for those that aren't watching, on my middle fingers, I have on one middle finger I have you are, and then on the other middle finger I have number one. So that um, is amazing. Eighty percent Namaste, twenty percent F off. So you know, it's you know, you can't have you can't have Ted Lasso without without Roy Kent. So it's just like you know, hopefully people get that reference. But that is so funny. So you know. did the idea for the other ones come later? Yes, I got I got the do no harm before I went on my three month uh, journey around the planet mm -hmm. and or halfway around the planet. And and then while on my trip, uh, I was in Chiste, Italy, and um, my father had just passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was um, having some arguments with, with somebody and it was really made me mad. And I had always wanted to put something on my middle fingers. <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, I, I had never I never put two and two together, but as a as a teacher, I don't know if I'm proud of this or not, um, I had a really close relationship with my students mm -hmm. uh, and I am proud of that. Every once in a while, I would sneak in a middle finger to them. They're high school students, <laughs> yeah. And every once in a while, I'd sneak in a middle finger, and then they, you know, they inevitably rat me. And and Mr. Williams just gave me the middle finger, and I was going, "No, I didn't. I just told you you were number one." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like every week that would happen, but, but you know, every once again that happened. And then I was I was mad, and I was like, "I'm, I'm going to put something on my middle fingers," and I'm like, "Oh yeah." You're number one. Why is that? That that's is a, so That's good. a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. Uh, I mean, because I had spent years uh, with knowing that I was going to do no harm on my knuckles. Yeah. And, you definitely mentioned that, just, like, specifically, too. Yeah, that I was waiting around, and, you know, it was a big deal. And then just, like, it was, like, within 24 hours. It was, like, <laughs> like I thought about one evening sitting, you know, sitting next to Canal eating pizza and having gelato. <laughs> I said, oh, that's what I'll put on there. And, you know, the next day found a tattoo parlor and walked in and I said, you got any time? He goes, what do you want? And I told him, he said, oh, yeah, we're doing that. <laughs> I love <laughs> he that. Thought that was, he thought that was the best idea in the world. So it's like, all right, let's go. So that was the, that was the shortest time between uh, conception and, and ink, I think, that I'd ever had. <laughs> so it was a little scary. My partner was like, I don't you know, are you sure? I'm like, oh, it's already done. It doesn't matter. You know, time zone. Yeah. Time zone differences between Italy and, and Seattle. Oh, by the time had, she read it, it was yeah, done. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I think, I think oh it's God. done. So it worked out then. That's kind of a funny coincidence because I was getting, I mean, obviously I didn't get it for the same reason, but I was going to get like little tattoos on my thumbs and mm -hmm. for some reason last minute i was like oh wouldn't that be funny if i put them here and i put them here instead uh, so i mean it's yep. just like little decorations but i was like that looks cool there there you go it's a happy f you yeah and I, it was the same for me it was just like a quick turnaround i was like hmm i, I think i like that better yeah uh, has there been anything else that you've been able to cross off since then yeah, I mean, there's been lots of stuff. I, you know, I, I I crossed off crashing a wedding. Oh uh, yeah, I remember, I remember we I saw talked that. about that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I went, uh, some friends I met on the Camino, um, were engaged on the Camino. They were, they were already engaged in doing the Camino together. And, uh, one day uh, we were all having lunch, I think, and laughing about crashing their wedding. That was this destination wedding in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. just like 50 family members and some friends. And so like, oh, we're going to crash that. And they're like, oh my gosh, that'd be so funny. And then that whole group of people moved on in the walk uh, ahead of me uh, as I slowed down to meet my partner and take a rest day and that kind of stuff. And so when they all got to, uh, when they all got to Santiago, they, they celebrated that night. The bride got a little tipsy and invited everyone to come to the wedding, but I wasn't there to get an invitation. So a month later, <laughs> I, I was talking to people and like, Hey, are we going to crash this wedding? And they're like, um, yeah, we all got invited. And I was like, Oh, it's on now. I mean, it's, you know, this is happening. I'm going to crash this wedding. And, um, uh, so that was a whole lot of fun. I had to lie to them, tell them I was going to be in Europe so that they didn't think to invite mm-hmm. me. Cause if they invited me, I would have had to say yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, so, so, uh, and then they got married at like some really exclusive hotel. The reception was down this massive hill. Like you can't even, you have to take a bus down the hill to get there mm-hmm. to where the reception was. You, you can't even take like a, a golf cart or something yeah. because it's so steep. You can't get, they can't, the golf cart won't come up oh, wow. the hill. <laughs> and so, so we had to like, I had to make friends with the guys you know the valets and stuff at the hotel like all week before we went wow that's a lot <laughs> before we went over it. yeah oh it was it was you listen to the episode i i interviewed them about having a destination wedding and then they turned the tables and interviewed me about crashing a wedding so the following episode but it was their wedding um but yeah i made friends with the the valets throughout the week and then um we pulled up that night and it's like, Hey, can you, can we get down there? And they're like, well, let me check. And he's like, well, if you let me drive your car and bring it back up, you, well, I'll take you down there. Mm-hmm. And they did it. You know, it's just like, they were like, yeah, we'll do that. That's so cool. So yeah, it was pretty funny. And then we got down there and one of the, the attendants for the wedding, for the, for the reception came up to me and she's like, Oh, you know, I know you arrived late. Do you, you know, do you want to get us a plate? And the groom like ran up waving his hands like, no, no, it's okay. They're with us. They're with <laughs> I'm like, bro, I got this. Don't worry about it. It's, you know, we're good. Not a problem. So, so yeah, that was a ton of fun uh, doing that. And uh, I've been trying to teach myself how to play the ukulele and a lot of my time, um, spending writing a book. So I've got the, the live out your list book that I'm trying to complete. And then I also have another book. Um, my, my dad passed away. Um, Sorry something to that, 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 oh, thanks. Um, I'm, I'm super lucky. Uh, we buried our shit, so to speak, uh, oh, about 20 years, 20 years ago. That's yeah. Really so, um, the night, his, the night we buried his mom, actually, mm. um, we were sitting together at his house. I was in from out of town and, and I just looked at him and said, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm pretty proud of you for becoming her best friend over the last five years when she didn't deserve it because she did not. She was a nasty person. My grandpa was a nasty person. And my dad really, you know, did not have a good childhood mm. uh, emotionally. And so uh, that just kind of opened the flooddoors for us to be able to, 
um just kind of you know you hurt me this is how you hurt me and the other person's saying sorry this is where i was at and just going back and forth for about four hours (laughs) just kind of cleared the path and you know we've had a really good relationship for the last 20 years but but my dad passed so um so that's kind of put some things on that kind of put some things on hold i'd actually fly in from italy to come to his funeral um but it's all you know it's all been good and um and but i'm I am specifically writing another book about him and his, it's about his relationship with his father, my relationship with my dad, and then my relationship with my son. And all through kind of the lens of professional wrestling, uh, because Hmm. some form or fashion, we've all been fans over the years. And and there's been some bonding at some level with all of it, with all of us through that. And uh, so, so I talk about that and, um, so it actually goes through the history of professional wrestling as it goes to the history of the male bonding in my family. Wow, that's um, interesting. Yeah. So this is a nonfiction book. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been working on that and that was real. I've had that book in my head for a little while. So that's been on my bucket list to get that out. Uh, the other live out your list book, um, the bucket list life book lifestyle guide is, is something that's, Kind of just like, oh, I got to get this out of the way so I can work on this other thing. Yeah. Um, provide some income maybe. And just, um, it just permeates, you know, the bucket list lifestyle kind of permeates everything I do. So just trying to move some space out of my brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and it's been good to kind of put the other book on hold a little bit. Uh, and so I can remember stuff as I get, you know, a little bit the further distance from my father's mm-hmm. passing. Yeah. Uh, I get to remember other things and, and have been able to add stuff. And, and even with my relationship with my son, son which is ongoing forever, um, even stuff there kind of keeps adding on. So it's been good to kind of slow roll that. But I, but I want to get to that as well. Yeah. And even with like, because that scene, even though it is nonfiction, seems a little bit more creative whereas the bucket list one is more so of kind of a how-to almost or like you know informational yeah and I always feel like taking breaks from creative things can really help because sometimes when you're too in it you just don't see these things until you take a break yeah and to to totally like you say can completely different ways of writing mm-hmm. like i wrote an outline for the buckleless book you know in about two days and it was real simple and now i'm just writing the outline yeah whereas with um the memoir there's you know i have a whole mind map of you know, mm-hmm. all these crazy lines and and different directions things go yeah, and, and like how to make them you, connect and like <laughs> yeah yeah how do you tell this story by by weaving a bunch of other stories together is a very different process than here are the here are the eight things you yeah. know <laughs> that are benefits from having a bucket list and take take one of those eight things and make it your intention and you know i mean it, that's and not that it's simple, but it's not because the bucket list book definitely has a lot of storytelling in mm-hmm. it um, that I use as examples, whether that's folks from my show like you, <laughs> um, you'll be, you'll be getting a, uh, a section of the book that has you in oh, it. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's exciting. A uh, couple of paragraphs that I need your approval so that I can use your name. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, so th- there's definitely story in it. Uh, you know, and the whole first section is my story of becoming the head crosser of my bucket list. So I don't think it's boring. I, I think it's fun to read it. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, but it's just like you say, it's, it's easier to tell a story. You got to be way more creative 
um, and mindful as I put this, as I put the the memoir together, yeah. saying, okay, this is, this story fits. This story doesn't fit. Or do I want to even tell this story? Does it? Does this story matter? Is this something? Or is this something I want to keep to myself? That mm. I don't want to share with the world. Yeah, that's a big thing. Uh, is also something else. Mm-hmm. Something I've, I don't know, totally off topic, but yeah, that's something I feel like has come up in my mind sometimes. Of like, what's what's just special that I don't want to share with other people that I want to keep for myself. Have you ever had a song that you've written or that, that you say, no, I'm not going to, that's mine. Um, oh, I feel like I've done that a lot, actually. <laughs> like I, <laughs> before I got into songwriting, I wrote a lot of poems and part mm-hmm. of me wanted to, I mean, back like back in the day when every like blogs and things like that were bigger, I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I should start a blog and post things. And then I just got so, I don't know if it was more wanting to keep things to myself or just being self-conscious I was like, I don't know if I want people mm. to read these intimate thoughts that I'm having. So I can imagine mm. that might be hard too to share those stories. Yeah. Sometimes that's the best stuff though, right? I mean, that's it's true. <laughs> I mean, it's when you, when you're able to be vulnerable and intimate, that's, that's where the, the greatness probably shines the, the brightest. So that is a really good point. How, how much are you keeping your, your light under a, basket and not not letting it shine not to be all easy or anything but it's you know i mean don't don't hide your light under a bushel for sure no that's definitely a good point and i also i know there's been times like on this show specifically too where i mean well like maybe almost all the episodes where conversations will just Mm. be going and you know both of us will say things that maybe we didn't intend to say or maybe we thought we wouldn't but it I don't know, it just came out and it felt good to come out and it maybe said spoke to somebody else in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. So that is true. <laughs> yeah. And I I encourage everybody, even you. I mean, one of the, we live in such an amazing time, you know. I mean, <laughs> with what we both do on our podcasts and you use video and share that, you know. Um, literature is the same way. Yeah. I mean, I have I've just been floored um how easy it is to get a book published i don't think it's easy to write a book but it's definitely very easily to get one published and i did not know that uh, uh you can basically publish anything you want on amazon i mean and and, <laughs> and you can you can have it just digitally or you can have it so that they'll print on demand um and the, the interesting thing is i've talked to a lot of literary coaches um it's been it's, it sometimes doesn't feel good when people go oh you got this you're doing the right thing you don't need me and i'm like wait i feel like <laughs> yeah I I mean, that's why i contacted you in the first place and they're like no no you're doing fine <laughs> you you got it all basically covered and i'm like i'm like it doesn't feel like i do so but you know i mean most of the time people tell me it's like you, you know you could get a uh, agent you can spend time getting an agent you can then you, you can spend time them selling a manuscript and you know but when it all boils down to it i mean the publishers are looking they're looking to do it on the cheap mm, yeah and they don't do a whole lot of work anymore they don't That's you know they true. expect you to bring followers to the table and they expect you to go out and use your social media to promote the book and they expect that you're going to go do podcasts and, and it's like i'm already doing all that <laughs> stuff why do why, why wait around for a publisher yeah. when i can just put it out there That's a good point. and so i i we live in a and what should be i think a creative heyday mm-hmm. Uh, for our culture because 
you can just about publish in any form or fashion you want and get and get your stuff out there and not have to um there aren't a lot of gatekeepers when it comes to getting content out there anymore and so if if you've got a book of poetry man slap it together Mm. in a pdf and throw it out there i'm telling you that's so funny that you say that you know because it's also been on my bucket list for a long time to publish a book but i never once had the thought of putting my poems that i already have in a book because i've been working on writing one but it's like it's a very complicated story and it's obviously taking a while so i had no i you know i have no rush to put it out i eventually still Mm -hmm. want to but that idea i never thought about yeah that was part of it for me too right well that that i didn't want my first book to be the memoir Mm -hmm. because the memoir is so because I used to say, you know, I just don't want to get it out of my head, right? That when it was first on my bucket list, I'm like, I just want to get this book out of my head. And then as I've shared the idea with people, people are like, oh, I want to read mm. that book. That sounds yeah. really good. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> now I have to actually, you know, now I actually it. <laughs> have to, gosh, darn it. Now I got to do it. It's that whole accountability <laughs> thing. Um, not only do I have to do it, but now I want to do it well. And so, you know, writing this, this, uh, this kind of self-help kind of book or, or, you know, way of helping people with their bucket list. It, I don't want to say it's, it's, um, it's just different than it's that when I write my, my memoir and I put it out, that's not going to be the first thing yeah. I've ever written. I'm going to have, I'm going to have practice at least that once. Makes sense. Uh, it's fulfilling in a of, different way. Yeah. It's a different genre. It's a different, you know, it's a different way to write, but it's, but it's very much not my first foray. It's not my first toe in the pond, so to speak, I guess the, <laughs> you know, the easiest way to put it. And so I, I like that. I like that I had to, you know, that, that my learning curve won't be so, so mm-hmm. massive uh, when I put out the memoir, you know, as far as like, I'm designing my own cover for Ooh. the live out your list. I'm you, I have to like format it, you know, in the correctly in the PDF so that it comes out, you know, so that one, it can be an electronic document and then two, so that it can be printed mm-hmm. out, you know, so it's got all the pages in the right places and, you know, all this yeah. stuff that, you know, you have to, it's amazing. You go on to, to Amazon to their self-published pages and you tell it the size that you want it and how many pages are in it and or how many words or how many pages and it spits out a template for you like it creates a template for you wow so that <laughs> yes so with all the margins and you know and everything set up so that you can just put the the lettering and everything you can go to canva you can take <laughs> this template go to canva and create your own you know cover for your book and then they print it out and that it's is just so like, cool okay oh my gosh it is i mean this really is it it's it's available it's as it takes some effort yeah. to learn things just like it probably was for you i don't i don't think you had a lot of podcasting casting experience yeah. you know or broadcasting experience before you started doing this it's about the same right as far as going out and having a learning curve and learning how to yeah. do things uh and technology and that um it's it's about the same it's it's not much harder than than doing something like this yeah it takes some time but the thing is everything is available to us especially mm-hmm. so much more so today than it ever has been oh most definitely interesting i'm gonna look into this <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't charge you for coaching for that. <laughs> I 
I thought it was so exciting too when I saw that you were doing coaching because there's I feel like there's so many benefits to just even just speaking about something like that because like I like I was saying with like the show too is how sometimes things don't come out or things that come out were not expected to or didn't mean to when you're talking things through especially when something's just an idea it really like starts to get your mind working and more things flowing and sometimes there might be things that you want to accomplish in your life that you never knew until you maybe talk to someone about it maybe get it out write it do something about it yeah and that's that's the big thing about mentoring or coaching i wanted to do that in such a way that it was affordable and easy Mm -hmm. um i think that you know, so many times when you think about a coach or you think about a mentor, having those those kind of people in your life, the, the you know the big tickets come up. Yeah, definitely. And and that's what you see a lot of in the industry today. You see you see people charging big numbers. Yeah. You know, for, for probably what I would assume are little results. Mm-hmm. And I would rather I would rather work with somebody for two or three sessions and then them say, I got it. I'm out of here. I'll, if I need your help, I'll come back. Yeah. Then to, you know, then to say, Hey, I'm going to charge you a hundred dollars per, per visit. And you need to have, and you need to have 10, you know, 10 sessions. It's like, for me, it's like, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And once you, once you get what you need, you're out of here. Yeah, you know? I love that. <laughs> because, because I want to help the most amount of people as possible. I, I went through, I almost went through a process of getting certified as a bucket list coach. There's a, there's someone that does that, <laughs> um, certifies bucket list life coaches. Wow. That's so niche. And, <laughs> and yes. And, um, and so I, you know, I looked at all their stuff and I was just like, I don't want to sell the corporate big wigs. I want, yeah. I just want anybody that wants help to, to be able to, call me up yeah. and, you know, and send me an email and say, Hey, let's do this. So, so right now I'm offering free 20 minutes. <laughs> so, so if somebody wants to just see what that would even look like, you know, you can do that for 20, let's get together for 20 minutes. We'll talk through some stuff and, you know, see if this is something for you. Uh, because I just, I just want to be open and available to people because I really want to help people. I don't, you know, I don't want to make you know, I'm I'm not looking to make Tony Robbins money. I was just about no. to say you're not trying to be Tony Robbins. You like read my yeah, mind. I, I love Tony Robbins. I'm not I'm not shitting on Tony Robbins in any form or fashion. I mean, he you know, I, I like him more now that he swears more. Um, <laughs> he definitely you know, swears a lot. 80s, it's interesting. Yeah, but back in the eighties and nineties, Tony was not a swear. That was <laughs> that was definitely off limits. Uh, uh, yeah, when you're trying to build yourself up. It can be different. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I think if you're gonna build yourself up that you're building yourself up. And so I don't don't do anything that's not you. True. And that was the case with the certification. It was like, oh well, we do these, you know, vision boarding dream sessions with corporations and they like you know, corporate they retreat kind of things. Yes. <laughs> and I was just like, Okay, well, I'm sure that's great for somebody. Yeah. It's not for me. It's not mm-hmm. what I want to do. I don't want to do that. So I just decided that I'm, you know, I can do it on my own. I've been a teacher and a mentor for 35, 40, almost 40 years yeah. now uh, to young people and, and to adults. So, wow, you know, I, I, I can do this. Um, and, and I do it pretty well. And, uh, you know, 
got it down now, the system down and, and know how to walk people through the process and say, okay, where are you at? You know, do, do you still not have a mindset? Do you still not set an intention? Have you made a yeah. list? Are you, you know, let's make you a list. Are you, are you, you know, struggling on where to start? Um, because you already have a list and you don't know where you need to go. Let's okay. Let's look at the list and, you know, see what your priorities are and start, start crossing stuff off. I think that's another kind of another sign of the times too is probably before I mean not probably it definitely was before with anyone in public eye or trying to do anything like that your perception and your image was so scrutinized all the time and now we're in a time where people want to see who you are and it's it's better to see the real you so it's definitely great that you were able to do that in a way that's true to you and not need to go (laughs) those routes that don't speak to you in any kind of way yeah yeah and even in writing the book i mean that you know it's it's my editors uh who's just my partner don't have to like have an editor (laughs) but but my 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 partner's editing you know she's like do you want to say that and you know just a little side thing since like it's me i want people to see me i want people i want my voice in this book i don't want to i don't this isn't supposed to be a study guide Mm -hmm. or a you know a textbook yeah. this is this is me still feel like the, and yep yep it. and so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make some wisecracks <laughs> and i'm gonna you know make some jokes hopefully people will get them if not, it's <laughs> all right but it's you know i'm I'm gonna put myself out there um as long as it's not detrimental you know ultimately detrimental and i don't think anything that i have in there is but it's she was like are you sure i'm like yep she goes all right okay well let's go so, so yeah, even in writing the book, I had to take that opportunity to say, I, I still have to show me. Yeah. I still I have to be that. true to myself. That's cool. Man, I can't wait to read that because I definitely will. Awesome. <laughs> so between now and then from back in November, mm. with as much that's changed and where you kind of were in your life at that point, if you could talk to yourself you now to yourself back mm. then do you think what is something you would want to tell yourself oh wow uh budget your money better <laughs> <laughs> always good advice <laughs> yeah i mean that's I mean, i'm to that point where i'm, I'm you know i i'm getting there that that, that you know i have to make some decisions about what's next because i haven't been really working i mean I've been somewhat building a brand and building a business over the last year uh, and my hope is that that starts producing some income so that I don't have to like go back and teach or do something, you know, to be fine. Uh, the, I need teachers right now. So it's not like, you know, I wouldn't be able to get a substitute job or something if yeah. I just wanted to work part time. So, um, but I, it's not about making the money last as much as I, maybe I could have done more. Mm. If that makes any sense, it's not. It's not that I w- want this budget money so that I could, um, you know, keep keep not having a job. But it was like, you know, I was just the other day. I was thinking about man. I've always said I wanted to go to Angkor Wat in Cambodia, and I wish I could attack that on. Yeah. Right? To, to, while you were still to, out, to, to, yeah. While I was still out going, you know, I wish I could attack that that on. And I probably could have if I had, you know, just like gotten smaller Airbnbs or, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, there are some things I could have done where I probably could have gotten that done. But it's, 
you know, it's like with everything. I don't have regrets. I don't, yeah. I don't man, that sucks. I should have done that. It's just like, man, I could have. That's a good lesson to learn uh, moving forward. But, but I, yeah, I think that's it. I, you know, I spent a thousand dollars on a, on a handcrafted Italian suit for my dad's funeral. You know um, what? I personally think that was not a bad investment. <laughs> no, it's, it's a beautiful investment. It's a, it's a wonderful suit. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, but I, but it was interesting, even that process where I was like, I, I you know, I tried to go to a small place that I thought was out of the way that, you know, may not charge as much. Mm-hmm. And um, the, it was a young guy in his late 20s. You know, he was not just starting out but he but he but definitely an artist i mean he was an artist yeah. he had paintings of his own in the in the shop um but you know i walked in there and i'm like i need a suit he goes when you need it by and i'm like four days and he was like oh i don't know if i can do that mm. he said let me look at the rack and he pulled this suit off the rack um that uh, you know he he said i think this might work and he put it on and it and it was pretty darn close he said i, I can make the adjustments in four days um, I'll find you a, a, I'm not going to be able to get you a custom made shirt, but you, you know, here's this guy down the road that you should go to and tell him I sent you and they'll hook you up and, um, and I'll get you a pocket square and it'll be all good. And, you know, I'm sitting there, my American brain's like, oh my God, this is going to be so expensive. It's a, you know, it's a yeah. fine <laughs> Italian handmade suit. I'm going to, you know, it's going to be crazy. And then I put it on and I was just looking at it. It's like, I don't care. Yep. You know? <laughs> I absolutely don't care. It was just, I, I look good. I feel good. Um, you know, it's my dad's funeral. It's my dad deserved it. I deserve it. It's not. Yep. Some <laughs> not of those things thing. are worth the splurge. Yeah. And so my partner asked me, she was like, so how bad was it? And I said, well, you know, it's, it's it, it was it was worse than men's warehouse but a whole lot <laughs> less worse than an armani so i yeah i'm feeling pretty good about it but, <laughs> but i looked at it, I looked myself in the mirror and i'm like my dad deserves this i deserve this i'm you know, whatever it is i'm doing it and it turned out not to be so bad yeah um, so there's things like that it's like I, you know that came out of that you know out of my travel out money the, that i yeah. was like just like you know do i wish i had it back no not really um so it's you know it's what it is but but maybe budgeting a little bit better beforehand so that I could could have stretched it out a little bit maybe is what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely not a bad thing. I mean, it's it is a good lesson learned overall. You still yeah. you still took out a lot of what you did and where you yeah. got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, eighteen flights in in three months. I Ooh, mean, it was well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, including the ones to get back for the funeral, but. Yeah, but it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. 